millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Small and medium-sized enterprises are the engine behind the UK business market. But how do they manage to sustain a business while keeping a healthy work-life balance? I pride myself on surrounding myself with people that are actually more talented than me. I was just staggered. I mean, staggered to see how very poor results were being achieved as a consequence of very poor treatment. Surround yourself with people that want to give it back. Welcome, listener, to Beyond the Balance Sheet. I'm Ashley Bloom, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we listen to some hugely inspiring people who talk us through some of their struggles and tell us how they overcame them. This week, we talked to David Green live from his office. David is the founder and director of the Charles Rock Group. We had such an inspiring conversation about how making humans your speciality can be the difference between a successful business and one that fails. So David, welcome to the Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. Hi. So me and you have met a few times and every time we speak, I'm literally in awe of just the way you speak about your business and your culture and just, you know, what you have created So to kick things off, I'd love to hear who you are, what you do, why you do it. Uh, As you said, my name is David Green, a serial guy that just tries, I guess you could call me. (laughs) I'm not really a fan of the term entrepreneur. I think it's a word that obviously there are many, many people that well deserve it. I'm just a guy that felt many years ago I'm pretty unemployable not not because I'm a bad guy at all I just think because wherever I in anything I've sort of been involved in I felt that people just didn't treat people right and so you know my brief dalliance some years ago as a consultant after I'd sold a, a business I did some consulting and it was a large company and I was quite lucky because I didn't really, I needed needed to be out of my house rather than I needed the money type thing. And I was shocked how poorly conditions were and and I was lucky that I had a voice in this company that was paying me a ridiculous day rate to tell them how flipping awful they were. One One of my, if I ever wrote a book, I think I would start with this paragraph, me telling a CEO that the reason why none of the things you're trying to achieve is getting done is because your staff hate you. <laughs> and um, he's COO who was sitting in that meeting and his face sunk to the ground. I can imagine. And I think they realised they were dealing with someone who was relatively untouched. The worst they could do to me say, we don't want you anymore. And I think that would be, you know, when you're when you're employing somebody that desperately needs you, there's all kinds of things you can threaten them with HR and all kinds of, you know, their jobs. But then they realised pretty quickly that they might have needed me a touch more than I needed them. And it's a great position to be in that I can just tell the truth. And for me, the business I've had, and I've had a, a variety that I've bought, uh, built up and sold on, I always got the impression that staff I'd employed would literally run through a brick wall for me. And I guess 
as I've got older that I've kind of deduced that it's because they probably know that I would do the same for them mm-hmm. and, and have done many, many times. And I think it's and I think it's just so important that old adage that probably most of us were taught by our parents when we were young is if you can literally treat people as you want to be treated, irrespective of whether they are coming in and cleaning your office at the end of the day for you, so it's all shiny for when you get back the next morning, mm-hmm. or someone who, you know, run, runs your finances, if you can literally treat them all as you would like to be treated, I think it's almost impossible to go wrong in life. When you first, you know, started buying, you were buying businesses and obviously set up your business. When you first started doing that, what made you decide to start doing that? How did it kind of all begin? So, I mean, that's not the beginning, but it's a phase of my life where I had sold a retail business and I I did some consulting. I I managed to make a bit of a name for myself in, in industry. I didn't know a great deal about, but I was having some success. And again, my success call it a fresh pair of eyes, but my success, if you like, if you want to call it that, comes from a place of just deep respect for people. I mean, literally deep respect for people. The hospitality industry I found myself consulting in was effectively outsourced cleaning of hotels. I was just staggered. I mean, staggered to see how very poor results were being achieved as a consequence of very poor treatment. Mm-hmm. And I sort of said, have you ever considered treating people well? Because what you're doing clearly isn't working. You're, you're running at a loss and people aren't being treated well. You do the maths. And I think at one point I was, I must have affected through my time of consulting um, or being involved in, I should say, about their 20 worst performing sites. And when I say worst performing, I mean you know, the, the, the the sites with the highest staff turnover, uh, making the least amount of money and the biggest amount of complaints. So, you know, the catastrophe sites. And without fail, all, all of them got turned around to a happy ship, a profitable ship. And, I, and I, followed a, I followed a pattern from each and every one of them. And that was to go into the line manager for every site I went to and say to them, whatever's gone on in the past has gone in the past. You're not to follow any of those rules of engagement. We're going to start again from scratch, you and me, and I'm going to do everything I can to help you create the environment that you think is going to work. And we set about this each time on a sort of 10, 12 week project. And without fail, every single site without fail improved. So when it comes to culture and the businesses you buy and the businesses you've had you don't need to know the ins and outs of the businesses because what you do really well is people can you just explain in more detail why you think it's so much more important as a business owner and as a manager to understand the people as opposed to necessarily the product or the service I do think that we can if you are going to have anything other than you know a one-man band or a dad and dave operation as I like to call it in the end you need staff. You cannot do uh, run a business. You cannot do uh, a vast amount of work on your own. You do need staff, and then and then your own intelligence has to then kick in and think, okay, do I want to create an environment where someone needs to be here or someone wants to be here? Because if you just create an environment where someone needs to be there, are you increasing? or reducing the probability of them doing a fantastic job in their role. And for me, it's a no-brainer. 
We have created a company of mini entrepreneurs, I'm going back to that word, where people desperately want to be here because they feel so engaged, so valued, so nurtured, aspirational, without the risk. And we followed a uh, really simple path with the whole returning to work from lockdown. We said to our teams, you can work from home for as long as you want. You can come back to work. You're adults. I'll leave it to you guys. It's not really something I need to get involved in. You know, you either want to... It's not for me to determine how safe you feel or how vulnerable you feel or how frightened you feel. You know, it's up to you guys. And every one of them just couldn't wait to get back here. I think it's a mistake lots and lots of companies make is they forget they're dealing with adults. I think if you treat staff like children, that guess what? I think they're going to behave like children. I pride myself. I, I, I hope I get it. I've got it right over the years. But I, I, I pride myself on having a, a deep understanding of if you can meet people's needs, surround, surround yourself with people that want to give it back. We've had people here that just don't buy into the culture. And, and unfortunately for them, they just don't last. We, we yeah. spot it out and we sniff it out and they don't last. Yeah. But we have got an outstanding team. We have an outstanding team. If I can give you an example, we have a lady who, who works here. She will be going on maternity leave at the end of November. Mm-hmm. And I had a meeting with her. She's outstanding, by the way. And I said to her this morning, how are you getting on? And, you know, what? you know, what plans have you got? And she started telling me, and I said, look, I just want to uh, say to you that it, she does a really important role for us. I said, when you're ready, sit down with myself and our FD, and I want you to tell us you are going to finish when you're ready to finish. All we need to know is what you need us to do for you. And whatever it is your maternity pay is, we will top it up for the entire period. And rather than us say, Get your dates. Right, we'll have someone come in or pass your duties to that one, that one, that one. Mm -hmm. We're treating her like an adult saying, you do your job, you do it phenomenally well. You know who needs to do what better than we do. Yeah. I think it's very important. I think it's integral to what we do and and behind the success of our business. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. It's so interesting that I think the concept that you're saying of treat your employees like an adult, because you're so right. I think a lot of business owners forget that their employees are adults with lives and don't treat them in that way. What would you say is your business superpower? What is it that you do that nobody else does? Get out of people's way. I may have answered too quickly. I think, you know, maybe I'm more of a Superman than I give myself credit for. Maybe I'm not Superman at all. I don't know. I don't really think of it on that level, actually, to be honest with you. I just think... I don't really focus on my customers. I focus on my staff. And uh, I think the, the healthier you do that, the more you give of yourself, the more the more you create that environment of what can we give, not what can we take, and surround yourself with staff that feel the same way, your customers receive the most phenomenal service. My instinctive answer might be just the right one. Get out of people's way. Just get out of their way and, and let them breathe. And when it comes to management, you've touched on... I guess your style of management in the way that you tell them to tell you what they want and that kind of thing. But how would you actually just describe your management style? I pride myself on surrounding myself with people that are actually more talented than me. Just because you haven't taken the plunge and opened up a business, that doesn't mean you're not talented. It might be you're not, you might be risk averse, but that doesn't mean you're not talented. So I, I work hard to surround myself with, surround myself with people that are actually more talented than me. And then have I got the skill to manage really talented people. Well, I've proven many times I have. And I think the biggest problem with most, particularly business owners, but also people just, you know, line managing companies is ego. That ego, they're the ones who want to show that they got it right. They're the ones who wanted to take the credit or the glory for success. Often those people are the first to hide away when it goes wrong, let me tell you. But although I wouldn't say I'm completely devoid of ego, I don't think it's possible to be, but I'd like to think mine's shrunk to such a small level that... I'm happy quite often a success. I want to pass that on because yeah. if that elevates someone to take another risk, think outside the box to create another success story, that's only good for me and, you know, puts even more food on my children's table. I, I, I can't do these things on my own. And there's a great saying I heard once. Yeah. You're far better off with the wisdom of 10 and the expertise of one. Far, far better off. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it's something that I've, found clearly distinguishes us in in terms of that culture that we get out of people's way and we really want to create an environment an environment as much as we can an environment of real endeavor real kind of ingenuity and i guess that also i mean a lot of business owners really suffer from kind of business owner isolation and from what you're saying, it sounds a little bit like that could be quite self-caused because if you actually let your team in... Yeah, it's self-induced. And that comes from fear. I think, I think I can understand that fear. You know, they might have, you know, they might have inherited a chunk of change. They might have made a load of money. And the assumption is, well, I'm the guy who signs the checks. It's all on me. So I'm the one who has to make all the decisions. I have to tell you, I, I, we're at a place now that I actually make very few decisions. I, I, I don't. I make very few. There's not many decisions that I need to be solely, David, you need to decide this. Uh, and, qu- and not quite often. 
bar no time, every time I'm in a meeting, I'm in a meeting and someone asks me, my default response is, what do you think? There is such intelligence. People are so smart. And when you, in most companies, from the experience I've had, people switch off because they are, decisions are made for them. And actually, if you stop making decisions for people and let them start talking and thinking, they're smart and they'll contribute and they'll elevate your business, I think, dramatically. There must be things that keep you awake at night, kind of the day-to-day things that you're dealing with, the issues that you're dealing with. Can you talk us through any of them, if any? Well, I didn't sleep well last night thinking you were going to give me a hard time, uh, Ashley. (laughs) I would say to anyone who's a business owner, don't go to sleep because you can't do anything while you're asleep. Stay awake, work on what needs to be done, what changes you can make, how you can streamline, how you can offer something new, how you can be innovative. And I'd say I've done a lot of that during the pandemic, but I wouldn't say I ever once worried because if worrying ever achieved anything, I'd be the first to worry. Of course. But actually, you can worry and panic and stress. And then when you've had a conversation with someone and that's gone, the thing you were worrying and stressed about is still there. So it hasn't actually achieved anything. So I have quite a binary mind and my binary mind tells me don't do anything that doesn't contribute to the outcome. I want to just take it back to Gamalee and putting food on the table. Would you say that your family is your biggest motivation? Without a doubt. Without without a doubt. Well, maybe they may be second to my golf, but they feel they certainly feel second to my golf at the moment. I've been my wife, poor things become a golf widow. No, but all joking aside, my wife, five sons are I mean, I literally live and breathe. And literally when my first son was born, and I I'm probably I guess I speak for probably millions of parents out there, however many get to hear this, it will resonate. You think I, I literally changed the day my son was born. I have an identical culture with my all my sons. This might this has shocked some of our friends in the past when they've when my boys have been through GCSEs and A levels. I said to each of them, I literally don't care what you get, because it doesn't affect my life. I asked each of them what grades they want. I asked each of them when the time came to write down what grades they want and, and seal it in an envelope. Not going to affect me, but it will affect them. Um, and, I, and similarly to my teams over the years at work, I've asked my kids to think about what they want. I never check their work. I never shout at them because they haven't worked hard enough. They have, all of them have had the same strategy. What do you want to achieve? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it has worked. And it works with your team too, so it shows that... Ultimately, people want to feel that they can achieve things. Uh, imagine someone listens to this and trialled it. Let's go to one of my teams and say to them, what is it you want to achieve? Tell me what you want. And uh, imagine having the, the both the bravery, but also the, you know, the courage and the respect to do that somebody. And when it comes to kind of a work-life balance and maintaining a healthy work-life balance, I think... A lot of business owners really struggle because they get so immersed working on the day-to-day and they just don't manage to ever really find that balance. What would you advise somebody in terms of how you manage to maintain a healthy work-life balance? I think in the absence of trust in your team, you're never going to achieve it. I think we've covered some of this in as much that business owners, and many of them, particularly SMEs, there's a, there's a real leap to get to the next level and, and they don't need to. They've made plenty of money provided a fantastic life for their families. Why do I need the stress to go to that next level? And on that basis, you're kind of insulated. You're kind of 
you know, working in a box where you've kind of got to be involved in so many places because you haven't gone beyond where you can yeah. now put teams in place and yeah. infrastructure in place. It, it's a big leap. It's a big investment, and I, and I get that. If, but but they have to ask. It's a bit like saying it's a bit like a student saying I want A's but never but never study. You know, you want work life balance. Well, then you've got to make some changes. You've got to adjust the way you see your teams. I don't interview very often anymore. But in the times I was interviewing, I, I got asked that. I used to get asked that question: What are my hours? I said, I, I don't know. I don't know how long your job's going to take. I don't do your job. You're going to do your job. If you can get your job done in twenty minutes and sit on the golf course the rest of the day, if you find yourself working eighteen hours a day, six days a week, working till eleven o'clock at night, but you want work life balance. Guess what, Sherlock? You've got to make changes. It's so interesting. And if you had, I guess, one piece of advice or a golden ticket that you could offer to kind of any business owner, particularly, as you said, in the SME space, who are kind of trying to grow and scale up their business, what would that piece of advice be? If there is a, if there's a piece of advice I could offer is um, don't be frightened of mistakes. You will not achieve your goals without mistakes. And if you can learn to love your mistakes as much as your successes, if not more than your successes, you are going to have a fantastic business. You really are. Don't be frightened of mistakes. Don't be frightened of losing money. Money will come and go. What, what, what you can't do without, though, is a phenomenally well-engaged, well-motivated team. And if you can create a culture of givers uh, stop managing with fear stop being frightened of things going wrong stop being frightened of people making mistakes but, but it comes the culture will come from you the business owner you have to set that so last question for you david what's next for the charles rock group we are probably going to look to acquire so we now have bought in we bought in a mechanical engineering business we bought an electrical company the chances are we're going to buy another one uh, hopefully with some luck by the spring of 2021. Uh, but I actually think this is the time to grow. Um, I've read of something, I've read something recently, I don't know if it's true or not, but it, it, it appealed to me and it sounded interesting, that uh, more millionaires are made in times of depression than any other time at all. You know, so it's interesting. Now, now's the time, I think, not to be fearful. Now's the time to be bold. Amazing. Thank you so much, David. That was as expected an exceptional interview. Thanks everyone for listening. I think really the best taking from that is just how important it is to let your team take ownership, you know, just get out of their way because if you've hired a team that really, really understands your mission, you know, your core values, and if you've hired a team that kind of understands your ethos, then they really will do their best work for you, especially if you really, really, really trust in their ability, their skills, and I guess what David said, treat them like an adult. If you do all of that, you will in turn get the best outcome from your business. It really does sound that simple. If you like this episode, go have a listen to the rest of the series. We are Raffingers and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at Raffingers. Alternatively, you can check out our website www.raffingers.co.uk. I've been your host, Ashley Bloom, and this has been Beyond the Balance Sheet. 